Timing is everything. Before I visited Asia, I used to think the most embarrassing thing a person could do was fart in public, or even burp. I remember an uncle farting at a dinner table once. He caught most of it, but the timing was just off. It happened just when the conversation around the table had come to a lull. The looks he received were so cold. He just looked down at his empty plate. The shame. The awkwardness. <laughs> if only he knew then what I know now, that what he did was to be celebrated. In certain circles, that is. That his muted orchestra should have been heralded. People, information is power. Look at me, Molly. I'm strong. I'm beautiful. I'm black. I'm strong. I'm beautiful. I'm black. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Every Shade Podcast. 我叫Nina,好久不见. That's full-on Mandarin for my name is Nina, long time no see. My tones are accurate so nobody come for me. Long time because, well, people are dark and sometimes evil. Why farts, you might ask? Awkwardness. <laughs> because awkwardness. The other day at one of these gatherings that you go to, you know you shouldn't have gone. You get there, you know you shouldn't enter. You walk in, you know you shouldn't stay. Someone starts a conversation, you know you shouldn't engage. Someone says something, you know you shouldn't give them any eye contact. This someone then directly asks you a question. You know you shouldn't respond, especially as you are now a drink and a half in since the last shouldn't, but you do. Why? Why do you need it? Mm, because I like a challenge. Because I crave mental stimulation. Because there is a small, evil, prideful joy humans feel from putting an idiot in their place. The feeling of satisfaction or pleasure that you experience is almost a sense of vindication or triumph. You've done something great for your tribe, your crew, your nation. Is it healthy? Is it productive? Of course not. But you relish the possibility that the next time this person opens their mouth to say something ignorant, they'll think of you and they'll stay stum, mouth closed, maybe just nod. That'll be their contribution. You will have forever changed a life, and not just for you or them, but think how many conversations you would have saved from the awkwardness of this individual, from their misbehavior, their feckless words, their loud, drunken, inappropriate, sometimes unacceptable statements that they tell themselves, their friends, family, and their partners who stand nearby so ashamed that it is of no harm. It's all just banter. <laughs> just bants. Bants. <laughs> oh God. Bants. I digress. So what did this person say and what did I say that I should not have said, should not have gone, should not have stayed? As you do in these visibly international settings, eventually someone will ask you where you're from. It doesn't matter if I sound Norwegian, I will get asked. So the question comes, where are you from? I say, I'm Nigerian. He says, beer in hand, cigarette in the other. I just read an email from a Nigerian prince. Do you know him? He half smiles, half laughs. The group smiles. They aren't quite sold enough to chuckle. I pause briefly. Why? Because you just never know. But clearly no pause was necessary. I look my new friend in his eyes and I say, I just watched a documentary about a British child molester. Silence. He says nothing. No one says anything. I follow up with, do you know him? Fair enough to say it was my last drink and I have not been invited back since. And my new friend has not reached out. He's not invited me for tea cookies or even a conversation at any stage. Before you say it, let me... <laughs> Nina, you took it too far. People, how else will we learn? 
Who gets to say when it's too far, when a line's been crossed? Who is the umpire of life who tells us when we've crossed the line of banter and crossed over into something else that hurts oh so too much? Yes, perhaps I went too far, perhaps. Remorse? No. Regret? Most positively, absolutely not. It was not the first time that my friend had made that joke. He uttered it with the confidence of a well-rehearsed parrot, but I'll bet you a Japanese souffle cake it was the last time. There are 1.3 billion people in India, who knows how many around the world who are also Indian. If I judged all of them based on my kindergarten teacher who was Indian, well, life would have trended very differently. There are 3.9 billion women on our planet Earth, so if you walk up to me, assume that because of this warm, sexy exterior that I will be as petite, shy, retiring, receiving of abuse as your ex-girlfriend, wife, spouse, sister, daughter, baby, you misrode. You misrode is a Nigerian saying. It basically loosely translates to, you must have lost your goddamn mind. When you meet a person you have a desire to connect, you want them to know that you know of them. You know of where they're from, what they've done, where they've been. You look for these islands of connectivity and you say things. Things you think will endear you to them. Here's an example. I took one lesson of tennis in junior high. That I imagine somehow confers some sort of connectivity to you who plays in junior world championships. It's loose, it's effort, it's cute. For the most part, people are willing to accept your paltry offerings of connectivity. Why? Because they, like you, want to connect. I did a post about a woman telling me her husband had a friend from Sudan when I told her I was Nigerian. The responses were hilarious. It was like, when you meet one Indian person and you ask them if they know this one Indian person, Rakesh, that you went to high school with, or someone tells you they're Finnish and you tell them about the wild summer you spent in Amsterdam as a response. In our desperation, we reach for these irrelevant tales to, to break the ice, to ease attention, to remove the awkwardness, to help us connect, because with all the ways to connect, it is still not that easy, apparently. Those moments of silence in a conversation, particularly with someone that may be quote-unquote different from you, we immediately translate those into a lack of connection. And we must connect. We must have something in common with this person we just met. We, we must. And so we babble and end up saying some inane thing that has them looking at us like we are absolutely crazy. A word of caution as we eke our way through the awkwardness of interacting with other humans for the first time. If the only experience you have of a person's gender, sexual orientation, race, ethnicity, differing ability, etc, etc, if the only experience that you have is one that is not wholly positive, richly so, baby, leave it out. Maybe don't tell a person in a wheelchair that you went to school with a deaf girl and it was really hard for her to get around. Maybe don't tell the person who confides in you about their depression about that one week after you got your, let's call it a, no bonus letter. And when a woman tells you that she was passed up for a promotion because she wasn't part of the boys club, don't tell her about the time that someone got served at a cafe before you. I get it. You want to connect. But baby, not like this. More personally though. To the woman who thought it was appropriate to share her horrid, life-changing, scarring experience of somebody mispronouncing her name once at an airport as her contribution to a conversation about racism a week after George Floyd died, or was murdered, I should say. If only you knew what I wanted to say to you then. If your desire, our desire, is to connect, then it stands to reason if I may be so bold as to conjecturize. I don't know if conjecturize is a word, however, I understand that in 2023 I can say anything, and it will become a word eventually. So conjecturize. Ladies and gentlemen, if the desire is to connect, then why take a chance on something that is more likely to do harm, to cause offense? Just leave it out. When you get really friendly, then you can tell them about the time that you dot dot dot. Here's my standard example. Where are you from? I'm Korean. Me? Where in Korea? People will always say something like south of Seoul, north of Seoul, because they assume that most people, if they're lucky, will 
only know Seoul. I go, I love Seoul. I was there six months ago. Freezing cold though. See? See how bland that was? I could easily have said something else about Korea. Free lesson. You're welcome. I do not purport to be an amazing conversationalist, but I do know how to shut one down though. And so as I think about all the awkward dinners to come, my encouragement to myself is, the little friend I made for an hour will never say a word about Nigerian princes again. Until next time, it's every shade.